Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending October 8, 2021. I'm your host, Laura Bardowick, and today I'm joined by Chief Investment Strategist, Eric Ristabin. Eric, so glad to have you on today. Good morning, Laura. So Eric, the three stories that I would like to touch on this week are economic data releases, the U.S. debt ceiling, and energy in Europe. If that all sounds good to you, let's go ahead and get started with economic data releases from this week. Anything that you would like to highlight for investors? Well, you know, as, as we, we always tell folks, jobs are kind of the, the most important data, and we got the jobs report this morning. Uh, on the disappointing end, in terms of expectations, uh, expectations were around 340,000 jobs. We added only 194,000 jobs. Uh, there were some government jobs. We, we saw about 140,000 jobs lost in the government area. Those numbers tend to be pretty volatile, particularly around seasonal adjustments around kind of, you know, school and, and a bunch of things. So we'll see how that begins to, roll, you know, work its way through in terms of the revisions. We did see August numbers in terms of the number of jobs actually revised up. So um, remember, this is the preliminary number and we'll see the final numbers um, in the future. But it, it's a disappointing number. There's no way to characterize it anything other than that. I think there's a lot of attention on this jobs number because this was kind of the the first month where kids were largely going to be back in school and the lucrative unemployment benefits that were on offer expired at the beginning on September 6th of, of September. So there's kind of a thought maybe that would lead people to be a little bit more active in, in soliciting jobs. Um, that turned out not necessarily to be the case. Uh, we also saw modest job growth in the leisure, kind of bars, restaurants, and hotels. Uh, but not not like we had been seeing in terms of earlier in the year as the, those things rebounded. That's probably the Delta variant playing into it a little bit. Um, so, you know, I think the tension, though, the interesting thing about that number is on the wage side, wages increased about 0.6% on the month. And that's actually on the high end. And that's the six month in a row that wage number has been running a little hot. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the Atlanta wage tracker having wage pressure at a, you know, kind of wage growth at kind of 3.9%, awfully close to four, which is kind of a magic number for the Fed. So you got that. Not a lot of help in, in terms of improvement, substantial improvement in jobs, which the Fed had been talking about. Although in September, they kind of said, you know, they've already seen a lot of improvement in labor. Um, I think our view on balance is, you know, as they think about that taper, that they actually probably continue with their current plans of the taper starting in November. Um, that that wage number is probably going to trump the disappointing jobs number. They, they will not be able to see, or at least we won't see before the meeting, the October number. And that'll be the first month where the entire month is kids back at school. The entire month is without unemployment, uh, the lucrative unemployment benefits. And frankly, the new kind of wild card there is um, the Delta variant seems to be receding. So you kind of got three things working. We'll see what happens, but that probably means the Fed are still a go. Great. Well, more to come, it sounds like. Looking forward to hearing more when the time comes. So we were talking about the Fed. Let's talk about the Treasury. They forecasted that the debt limit in the U.S. must be lifted by October 18th, unless they aren't able to complete all of the projects and tasks that they need to. Can you tell us what's happening? So um, a big, huge development, well, a, a, a substantial development, I, I, you know, and we, we talk a lot about uh, the, the regulated policymakers and legislators often kicking the can down the road. Uh, basically, they seem to be in the process of kicking the can down the road, but not very far, right? Um, so the, the Mitch McConnell, um, the minority leader in the Senate, 
um, said that he would agree to a temporary uh, extension of the debt ceiling, which means they would they would roll back the filibuster that was currently in place in the Senate and actually allow a floor vote on the initiative. Um, and and that happened last night. They took the filibuster off. The, the Senate then voted and approved um, that that extension of the debt ceiling limit to December third. The House still needs to ratify, and that I think they're meeting on Tuesday to do that. I think everybody expects them to do that. But the reality is, is they still, this issue still looms, right? I mean, at this point, McConnell has been very clear in his announcement of the extension that he thinks the Democrats should solve this debt ceiling issue through reconciliation. The Democrats prior to a couple of days ago were saying, well, that's a cumbersome process, which it is. It takes a little time to do it. You got committees and a whole bunch of technical things you got to get through. Um, but, you know, and so basically I think his, his point is we gave you the time. So you now have almost two months to get that done. I'm going to leave it in your court. Um, that sounds like a pretty straightforward issue, but I, I, I think everybody should be confident that this debt ceiling issue is going to raise its head again in, in kind of mid to late November. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens there. But in general terms, it was a, you know, a, a pretty significant issue that, that didn't occur, uh, or isn't going to occur in October, but it's still, you know, something we need to look at in terms of December. Market liked it, which is not surprising because that's a, a pretty big overhang. A technical default of the U.S. is, is something the market <laughs> tends to pay attention to. As they should, certainly. So I guess yeah. we will be revisiting this as they kick the can down the road to December. So we've talked a lot about the U.S. so far. Let's go ahead and hop over the pond to the EU. Energy prices are reaching record levels there. Can you walk us through what's happening over there and why investors should be paying attention to what's going on? So a, a lot of the a lot of the increases, particularly in the continent, are gas uh, related, um, natural gas primarily, and, and Russia is a huge supplier of Western Europe. Uh, and you know, so you had a major increase in prices. Russia, I think, has, has made some assertions that will try to address that in terms of supply. Um, there uh, have been articles around kind of the cost of, you know, carbon rules, uh, you know, in, in contributing to that price increase. The estimates that I've seen basically say that's probably about a fifth of the price increase, um, which isn't a lot given the size of the price increases. So uh, it, it's an interesting tension, right? I mean, I, I think the, the kind of longer term thing to take away from this is, and there's, and, and they've been very vocal in the EU around this issue over the last week is ESG related initiatives. Right. So the green, the EU green plan came out, um, you know, a, a couple months ago, I guess. And, and they talked about a more aggressive, um, you know, getting to net, uh, net zero as, as a community, uh, and be more aggressive in terms of the cost of consuming carbon. And that would lead uh, to higher gas prices for individuals, but they're, they're willing, or energy prices for individuals, and they were willing to bear that. Um, they seem to be fully committed. In fact, I think a lot of leaders are actually EU leaders are saying that this particular energy crunch basically gives further momentum and motivation for them to move to green energy faster uh, sooner rather than later. Um, so it's going to be an interesting, you know, how that, that thing kind of worked itself out. But, you know, we, we talked a couple months ago about these ESG initiatives are real in Europe. Um, I think they kind of doubled down on that position. Um, so we'll see kind of where they go from now. But I think that probably in the, in the long stretch, 
that's probably the thing that you want to keep your eye on. It's not a six month issue. It's not a three month issue, but it is, it is something that could be very significant over the next uh, five to 10 years. Okay. Thank you. Very helpful. Another more to come, but important to highlight what investors should be paying attention to these days. That's all the time we have for today. Eric, thank you so much for joining us and thank you all for joining us as well. We hope to see you next time and hope you have a great week in the meantime. <laughs>